Alright, so we're working off the last podcast. So we had the buffs brain for 2020 offseason, and now this is the buffs brain for 2021. So here you can see our RFA signings. So this would have been... So there's two years left on the Barzell contract, five on the Pulak, two for the Taze, one for Aho, and then Bavillier down to Sorokin. We have new contracts that come this offseason, and then we have a one uh, UFA signing. We have three trades that take place the year before in the 2020, and then one trade that happens in this 2021. So let's get down to it. So as we said before, those RFAs are re-signed. There are no UFAs signed in 2020. And then the trades made in 2020 would be Boychuk Wild and a third round pick in 2022 for uh, Miles Wood. And then with Detroit, uh, that's New Jersey to Long Island. So we have Detroit to Long Island, Thomas Hickey and a third round pick for 2021 for future considerations. And then we have Montreal. Nick Letty in a third round, and Nick Letty for a third round and a fourth round. That could be a third round and a fifth round. That could be a flip of the Montreal pick from Long Island to Detroit. That could be a flip from Long Island to New Jersey. I'm not sure. It'll, it'll probably end up in the Jersey trade, but we'll see how that goes. And I don't, it depends on when these moves are made, who you can ship out first, who's willing to take on your stuff, who Lou wants to talk to. And then the last thing that happens is, I think in the next season, if Andrew Ladd cannot get onto a long-term injury reserve, or if no one can. So Ladd in the first round for an RFA rights. The only thing that I could see is a swap of, of uh, Letty. So I think Letty might be 2021, Ladd might be 2020. I don't think all of this goes down in the same offseason. So, most likely the first three go quick. Actually, what did I say here? I said... Uh, looks like I didn't fucking write it down. Alright, so, yeah, Letty could go or Led could go in one of the other offseasons. To get to the RFAs coming in 2021, we have Bavillier, Bellows, Dalcole, Pellick, and Sorokin. So Sorokin is strictly a presumption. I presume that he fills the Thomas Grice role more than handsomely. I think he does at least just as well as Thomas Grice. And mo most likely better towards the end of it. I think he gets a four-year contract at four mil per season. I think that was about what he was going to get if he went back to Russia. I think it was going to be three and a half, so I think he gets a little bit more in the United States. Adam Pellick, I think, gets a five by 5.5. That seems about his area. I think he's just as valid as Pulak, who I gave $250,000 more to. I think those two could end up with like 5.66 each, both with expiring contracts the same year. Or maybe even Pellet gets that extra sixth year. I see those two being locked up for a while, though. Michael Dalcole is interesting. I compared him a lot to Kiefer Bellows when making these uh, pay grades. Dalcole is an every night NHLer on the Long Island on Long Island. He has a two-year deal coming in in this 2021. He's a RFA. And I think he gets $250,000 more than Kiefer Bellows. I think Kiefer Bellows 
the league minimum is 900000 going into this new CBA. He could get the league minimum. I think that he gets a little bit more. I think he gets a one mil. Um, I don't see him getting what Bavillier had beforehand. I got 2.1 mil because at least Bavillier <clears throat> was more or less a every night NHLer. Dow Cole gives us absolutely nothing point production wise, but he plays a valuable role in this Barry Trotz uh, system. So I think he gets 1.25 for two years. I think Bellows, because of his youth and lack of proving stuff, we'll see what happens next season. Who knows? It might bump him up a little bit, but I think he gets a two by one, two years, one mil. And then the Bavillier is an interesting one. This might be cutting him a little short, but at the same time, he has not been um, he's not been outstanding with his point production. So if we just go real quick, I think he signed his last contract in. Let's see. All right, so his career, maybe two seasons ago. So he had scored 21 goals, 18 goals, 18 goals, but very low on the assist end. So he has a goal score. Um, actually, was probably due for a 20, 20 goal season this season, if it wasn't cut close, uh, cut uh, early. Maybe I'm maybe I'm underrating him just a little bit. Maybe he could get to that three, three and a half. But it'll it'll be. It'll be an interesting ride to see what they can do with that. Maybe at that point, you can get rid of a Cal Clutterbuck. Maybe he hits the LTIR. Maybe a uh, maybe you end up shipping out um, Leo Komarov. That's a spot that needs to be filled. That I think, you know, maybe you have that Komarov, Dow Cole, Ross Johnson, that scrappy fourth line. But at the same time. To increase point production on that line, you have those two, at least a scrapper on your right side with Ross Johnson, who really is a left winger, but it really doesn't matter all that much. And then you have a, uh, a Dow Cole on the left side, and then Kiefer in the middle. Maybe get a little bit of talent around there just to even get him in and learn, you know, to ground and pound hill. It's not easy to make it in this system for a skills player. It's geared towards someone that plays well systematically that's a thing that i feel matt barzell might have a problem with is the fact that the systematic play reduces the amount of points that he gets and the amount of goal scoring opportunities that the team has that could maybe get frustrating for a uh young nhler maybe i don't want to say stunts growth but grows players in a different direction that works well for his system. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if Bellows can make it in that spot. It'll be interesting if we can get rid of Komarov's deal. It'll be interesting if we can... I just I still don't understand the Varlamov deal, but I am, I am not Lou, let me tell you. And then lastly for this, we have the UFA, I think, that comes in. At the end of 2021. Um, Kenny, I'm not even going to try to put you this guy's name. He is a defenseman on the Edmonton Oilers currently. His name starts with an O. 
O. Esterly, O. Esterly, Jordan Earl, oh, oh, yep, Jordan, Jordan O. I think he gets a one-year contract at 1.5. He's a little bit young, though. I, mean, I forget how uh, how old he is. But I, I would actually kind of see him. He's 28 years old, but 29 next season. Um, actually, I'm sorry. He's on the Coyotes right now. Did play for Edmonton, though. But I see, you know, throwing whoever you want right there. It's really not that big of a deal. He just so happened to be a guy that I saw fit a Letty role really well, which is a great pick in that offseason if Letty leaves at during that offseason, if we trade him that type of year. Because you could trade him now, and he could be great trade bait for next um, trade deadline. So it'll be interesting. I think Letty has more value on a team than just playing for that team. I think he's a good flip as well, especially for a rental. Well, I think he, he won't be a rental. He'll be like a one-and-a-half-year rental for whatever team. So any quick last notes for this? So, yeah, notice it's 2020-21-22. Trades take place this offseason with Letty being the one after. That's the way I thought of it. Um, there are also... Oh, yes. Yeah, so, so also someone will be taken from uh, to Seattle. The Seattle Krakens, which is an amazing name. I really like that. Their jersey is pretty slick. Uh, who I have absolutely no idea. Maybe I'll work on that one day. That's that's a tough that's a tough job though. 2020 resign Barzi, Pulak, and Taze. 2021 Sorokin, Pelik, Bayou, Michael Dalcole, and Bellows. Um, this leaves a lot of cap space in 23-24. In which case is the same offseason that Barzal is due for his re-up. And just hopefully when he comes back and decides to sign this fucking gigantic, unreasonable contract that, you know, only, um, only generational type talents make, which would be amazing. I would love that. So an interesting situation here. So this is my guess if the Islanders have to match an offer sheet, um... Oh, sorry, so it'd be this offseason. So they have to match an, uh, match an offer sheet this offseason. I think that offer sheet will be a 7 by 11. Um, 11 seems to be the cap. It seems to be 11 or lower. 11, maybe like 10.5 to save those draft picks that you'll lose uh, if he signs or if you don't match it. And then also... As low as eight and a half for a longer term deal. That's something that Patrick Line might end up kind of with. He's at like a six something right now. He's floating around that nine territory. And I would I would say Matt Barzell is in the same type of conversation. I think slightly higher than a Patrick Line. Who is different, a very different player. Um than Matt Barzell, but talent-wise and the age-wise and contract-wise. So the other RFAs have to take a pay cut. How big is that pay cut going to be? It's going to be tough. Uh, coming away with the flat cap anyway, that might be something to come no matter what. So Letty here is swapped. So you swap third-rounders and you get um, their second-rounder. Their second-rounder might not come our way. We might end up getting two third-rounders. Uh, they're their pick will probably be fairly high. So maybe we give them 
same thing. I think this Hickey trade is this Hickey trade is probably the most reasonable trade. He's a low cap, so it doesn't take much take much to move out. Um, I think you could swap Jeremy Bracco and Josh Hosang. There are favorites. Bracco, it would be cool to have him. He's a hometown guy around here. And then, yeah, maybe two-thirds for Letty. And I would like to, you know, maybe give a fourth-rounder if we're only getting two-thirds back. Because Letty is, while a cap dump, quote-unquote, for our purposes, he is not a dump of a player. Alright, so I see that... Alright, so, yeah, I rationalized it because he could be flipped, as I said before. Great skater, good offensively, still has decent value. Hickey flipped with a third. He's 2.5, you know, that's not too much. I think third is a decent compensation. And I think it would be good to flip Hosing and Baraco. Gives a chance to sign a hometown guy. Always a good story. So we got Aho, two years, 900. You have the match of the uh, offer sheet of Barzal, seven years, 11 mil. You ship out Hickey, you ship out Letty, you still have Boychuk, you move Lad to the long-term uh, IR. Maybe you end up moving someone else to the long-term IR as well, or in instead of, maybe Boychuk ends up there. If he probably will get hurt again, we'll see what happens with that. That'll be an interesting scenario. So with that, with this how it is right now. So Letty gone. Hickey gone. Lad to the long-term IR. And Boy Chuck's still on the team. I think that with Barzal getting 11 mil, we have an extra 11, I mean, uh, an extra 1 million left to maybe split two ways between Pulak and Taze. Maybe um, Pulak ends up with a 6, and then you give him, say you give him half, so 5.25, 6 years, 5.25, and then you give Taze the other half, he is with a 4 by 4.25. I see those as definitely fair contracts, maybe Taze gets a little bit less, maybe, maybe, um, yeah, maybe Taze just gets a little bit less. And Pulak maybe gets a little bit more. But I think that these these are definitely... Taze, I don't think, is going to get any offer sheets. Pulak may get an offer sheet, but I would not bet my house on it. Barzal, on the other, on the other hand, could very well get an offer sheet. Not, very, not, many, not many offer sheets are given out. There have been a lot of guys who they might have thought, but I do not think, uh, I don't think that that would go their way. So a couple good comments here. I really appreciate it on this one. So a fair trade would be Letty for the Columbus third round pick, but the Kings probably wouldn't do that either. More likely Komarov, Letty for a sixth round pick. If they would do that, I would, I would do that. I would do Letty, nullify him with a Komarov. You know, now you just dumped off $8 million in that. And then you get back a six-round pick. Not the greatest, but throwing Komarov, which is essentially dead weight, with Nick Letty, who is an easy flip for a six-rounder. That's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Maybe I try to push for, like, a fourth. Um, I'm not sure what 
what Ellie's picks look like. But I'm sure they have a shit ton because they suck. This was funny. Brocco's too important to even be traded. Swap him with Matthews before doing this reckless deal. Appreciated that. Yeah, right here, you know, we had a couple guys say, you know, are people expecting Barzal to get 11 mil a year? Um, yeah, I, I, I do. Yep, yeah, and another comment, you know, maybe you offer something that's a little bit lower. I would never see the Islanders just taking the picks from that because he is a generational type player who works fantastically in the new NHL and the new high speed, great skating, good ass NHL. So, yeah, massive would have to be over 12 mil. The owners aren't letting face of the franchise walk. Yeah, if it's more than 12 million dollars a year, I'll take the picks. I'll take the picks for that because guys who are being paid 12 million dollars a year, Panarin, no offense. I've never heard Barzell in a Hart Trophy conversation. John Tavares, I've never heard Barzell in a Hart Trophy conversation. I never saw him lead the league or fucking almost lead the league in points behind Jamie Benn, who was just fucking netting a fuck ton of empty netters. Right here, Pulak gets more. I could definitely understand that. Um... Yeah, so on an offer sheet, it wouldn't surprise me if Barzal got 11 mil a year. And if that case, it'll get matched. This is true. On the other hand, if he's not given an offer sheet, I don't, we probably mean him probably do not think that they get an 11 mil contract. Um, you know, that's, that's a long term. That's something that the Islanders, it's going to affect the way that the team is then put around him and the long-term risk of the team you know you'll probably end up having to give up a lot of draft picks you'll have to end up throwing guys on long-term ir i know for a fact no owner wants to be over the cap because they have a bunch of dead weight and their long-term ir these are things that owners probably come in knowing about you know having to build a fucking brand new stadium. And then also having to deal with the last fucker's mistakes. Uh, mainly the general manager. You know, the Komarov signing was not a great look. The Varlamov signing was not a great look. Definitely overpaying for a couple of these guys. I know that they were input for a specific reason. But... It's tough when you have still two more years left of Leo Komarov. He's really not even that old. 33 years old. But he is an Uncle Leo. Like, he is Uncle Leo to the guys. Which I think is an important uh, distinction. Casey Sezikas, actually. Now looking at this. I didn't even bring this up. He's no longer on the team, man. That's why that fourth fucking... In my other, uh, in my other one. Sezikas is no longer on that team. I just don't know if the Islanders can pay him. I think that he'll he'll possibly get paid more next season. Um, he's a great faceliftman. He is a great penalty killer. He's a great energy. He's a fan favorite. He is someone that is easy. He's a he is a handsome individual. 
So he's easy to market. And he, it just, it's easy to love him. So from this, you know, we'll have Barzi locked up for a while. We'll have Lee locked up for a while. We'll have Nelson locked up for a while. We'll still have a lot of years left of Eberly. We still have a lot of years left of uh, Peugeot. We still have Josh Bailey for a few more years. Um, Cal is phasing out. Zika's is phasing out. Leo is phasing out, but he may be gone. Bayou Bells, Dow Cole, all easy resigns. All RFAs. Boy Chuck may make it to the fucking long term IR. I think if they get if they get Boy Chuck and one more cap dump in that, say it's Lad, say it's Leo, say it's um Hickey, whoever it may be, whoever it may be. Varlamov, potentially. I doubt it, but potentially. If they get any of those contracts into long-term IR, I could see the Islanders then just offering an 8-year, 11-mil contract. It'll be interesting. The only thing is is that I don't, I don't imagine from now to three years from now, I don't think that Barzell's market worth increases all that much. As you can see in football right now with the Dak Prescott, you know, you see Patty Mahomes get paid. You'll most likely see Deshaun Watson get paid soon. And then that's when you'll find out what Dak Prescott's going to get paid. Crazy, crazy to think that they are in this economy, that they're giving out money like that. But in the hockey perspective, you now have a flat cap. And you have, I mean, you'll you'll have you'll have star guys, you know, coming up, and uh, let's see if we can get him, if we can find some. The only thing is that he's a restrictive free agent. He's an RFA. If he was a UFA, which he would be at the end of this three-year stint, you could pay him less for those three years. Those three years go by. Let's take a quick look at the actual Islanders. So you got Barzi here. You know, one, two, three. Or I'm, I should do this with keyboard. One, two, three. So you add that on, and now he's a UFA. At the end of the 2023. So right here, you'll have... Um, I'm sorry, let's check it out. You'll have 53 million in cap space if we just left it and didn't resign anybody. So at this point... You know, Pelix, uh, Zizekas may be gone. You'll have to re-sign Sorokin. Um, this is when Varlamov's contract is done. This is when Mayfield will have to be re-signed. This is when Ladd's contract is done. You'll have to get Barzi back on a new contract. You might have to get these other RFAs onto a new contract. It'll be interesting to see what goes down. Uh, the year that Barzal has to get re-re-signed. But that's a, uh, that's a topic for another day. So yeah, that's, that's what I, that's what I'm predicting right now. Uh, hopefully it comes to a fruition. If not, yeah, don't blame me. Alright, thank you for listening.